history and the Most High Yahuwah chose for us to be here and now, a time when knowledge has increased and many go to and fro. We find ourselves in the time of the end according to the book of Daniel and as we have seen, comes with both blessings and spiritual trials like no other. The book of Revelation, the field manual to the end times, tells us what to expect and how to prepare, but was obscured from the generations with parables and hidden understandings just waiting for these last days to be unsealed. While we may also not get everything right, we will be leaning on the spirit of truth of the Most High, Yahuwah Sebaoth, in the name of Yahusha HaMashiach, to reveal to us the proper understanding. For who knows if you have come to the kingdom for such a time as this. And welcome back, brothers and sisters. Welcome to the Parable of the Vineyard YouTube Revelation line-by-line -line study. My name is Adam, and I welcome you. And if this is your first time, hey, welcome. I know we get uh, new viewers each time. And for those of you that are returning, hey, welcome back. This is part 14 of a, of a series. I don't know how many parts it's going to be yet, but... Um, Basically, what we're doing is going through the book of Revelation, uh, line by line, chapter by chapter, and kind of just break it down and uh, connecting with other scriptures um, to try to really see what the book of Revelation is saying. But, uh, of course, uh, as that intro said, that we are leaning on the spirit, the Ruach of the Most High Yahuwah uh, to help reveal us what is actually going on here. So, uh, And just like the book of Daniel says that knowledge would be increased and things would be unsealed in the last time. So uh, while scholars have been um, looking at this book and doing their best to decipher it over the last, what, 18, 1900 years, uh, I really do believe that in these last days, hours, minutes, that the Most High really is uh, unsealing the book as he promised that he would. But um, let's, uh, let's pray. And let's get right into it, because we have a lot to go over tonight. Tonight's going to be more about the two witnesses last week, actually two weeks ago, because uh, last week we took a quick break and we uh, read the book of Enoch. But um, So two weeks ago, uh, we discussed uh, the two witnesses, really the identity, who they are. Um, and this week we're going to be talking more about the two witnesses and kind of diving a little deeper as to... Uh, what they're actually going to do, what they're facing, um, a little bit about the beast. I don't want to, we're not going to get too far into the beast because in chapter 13, uh, probably two weeks from now, uh, it's all about the beast and we're going to go really in depth with that. So, uh, we're going to kind of touch on it tonight, but, um, cause I think it is important that we understand who the beast is and, um, we, you know, to really understand that the book of Re revelation, I think you have to understand who the players are, um, who the beast is, um, or what the beast is, I think more properly asked, and uh, what Mystery Babylon is, uh, or who it is, you know, 
But uh, any case, so um, let's bow our hearts uh, unto Yahuwah. Uh, Heavenly Father, Yahuwah, we just come before you in Yahusha's name, and we just praise your name, and we thank you so much for salvation and coming back to you through the blood of Messiah, Yahusha. And uh, we, we praise you and thank you for showing us and teaching us in these last days, uh, just as it's written in Deuteronomy 30, that you would bring us back to your to the wisdom of your Torah, and we just thank you so much, and we just ask that you continue to guide us on that path, um, that uh, you would continue to refine us, but also, Abba, please uh, continue to strengthen us uh, as the world continues to get darker. Uh, please help us to shine bright uh, as those lights as Messiah Yahusha taught us to be. So we love you, we bless you, we pray that you open our eyes and ears to your word, and that we may grow thereby and to be pleasing in your sight. We love you. Amen. And all the people said, Amen. So let's do a little shofar blast in anticipation for that great trumpet, that great shofar blast that we're waiting for. All right. And uh, let's, uh, let's get into it. Let me do a quick screen share. And, oh, by the way, Shabbat Shalom. I don't think I said that earlier. Um, but uh, Shabbat Shalom to you. This is the the time of the week that we, that we should be really excited for. Uh, this is our time of rest. This is our time to be uh, separate unto Yahuwah and to uh, no work, but uh, just a day set apart to him, the fourth commandment, right? So Shabbat Shalom to you. I know we have different people celebrate different times. Uh, some people celebrate it, um, you know, Friday evening to Saturday evening. Some people do it uh, Saturday morning to Sunday morning. Some people just do it Saturday morning to Saturday evening. And some people do a lunar calendar. Regardless, I am just ecstatic that there's a group of people waking up and says, you know what? The Shabbat is for us and let's do the Shabbat. So uh, for that, I'm excited. So let's, uh, let's get here into Revelation chapter 11. We will be reading from uh, the Sefer version. We will be cross-referencing with some other versions as well. But uh, for the main part of Revelation we're reading tonight, we'll be out of the Sefer. So I'm just going to read verses 1 through 6 again. And we left off last week at the end of verse 6. And then we'll start with verse 7. And uh, we will break it down. So give me just a second here. And we should be ready to go. Okay. Looks good. Okay. Revelation chapter 11. And there was given me a reed like unto a rod, and the angel stood, saying, Rise, and measure the temple of Yahuwah, and the altar, and them that worship therein. But the court which was without the temple, leave out, and measure it not, for it is given unto the other nations. And the holy city shall they tread underfoot forty and two months. And I will give power unto my two witnesses, and they shall prophesy a thousand two hundred and threescore days clothed in sackcloth these are the two olive trees and the two menorah standing before the yah of the earth and that's the seven branched candlestick and if any man will hurt them fire proceeds out of their mouth and devours their enemies and if any man will hurt them he must in this, this manner be killed these have power to shut heaven that it rain not in the days of their prophecy and have power over waters to turn them to blood and to smite the earth with all plagues as often as they will so now what I'd like to do is actually, you know what, let's just finish uh, reading through 11 and then we're going to go back and uh, we're going to 
kind of break this down line by line. So verse 7, And when they shall have finished their testimony, the beast that ascends out of the bottomless pit shall make war against them and shall overcome them and kill them. And their dead bodies shall lie in the street of the great city, which spiritually is called Sodom and Mitzrayim, Egypt, where also our Adonai was crucified. And they of the people and kindreds and tongues and nations shall see their dead bodies three days and a half, and shall not suffer their dead bodies to be put in graves. And they that dwell upon the earth shall rejoice over them, and make merry, and shall send gifts one to another, because these two prophets tormented them that dwelt on the earth. And after three days and a half, the Ruach Chaim, the spirit of life, from Yahuwah entered into them, and they stood upon their feet, and great fear fell upon them which saw them. And they heard a great voice from heaven saying unto them, Come up hither. And they ascended up into heaven in a cloud, and their enemies beheld them. And the same hour was there a great earthquake, and the tenth part of the city fell. And in the earthquake were slain of men seven thousand, and the remnant were affrighted, and gave glory to the Yah of heaven. The second woe was past, and behold, the third woe comes quickly. And the seventh angel sounded, and there was great there were great voices in heaven saying, The kingdoms of this world are become the kingdoms of our Adonai, and of his Mashiach, and he shall reign for ever and ever. Those of you that know the uh, song of Moshe, right? Reigns forever and ever, right? And the four and twenty elders which sat before Yahuwah up on their seats fell upon their faces and worshipped Yah, saying, We give you thanks, O Yahuwah Elohim Sevaot, which are and was and are to come, because you have taken your you your great power and have reigned. And the nations were angry, and your wrath has come, and the time of the dead, that they should be judged, and that you should give reward unto your servants the prophets, and to the Kodeshim. And them that fear your name, small and great, and should destroy them, which destroy the earth. And the temple of Yahuwah was opened in heaven, and there was seen in his temple the ark of his covenant, and there were lightnings, and voices, and thunderings, and an earthquake, and great hail. So, that is chapter 11. Now let's go back, because again, we left off at, or we finished up at verse 6 last week. So now we're going to start back at verse 7. So, Let's uh, let's talk about this. Okay. And when they have finished their testimony, the beast that ascends out of the bottomless pit shall make war against them and shall overcome them and kill them. So let's take a look at um, let's take a look at the Greek here. So this is here. We're in Strong's and we're going to take a look at the Greek word for beast which is Therion. Right. And so, you know, a lot of people, a lot of people teach and this is how I learned that this what I learned, you know, growing up uh, in the faith, you know, um, is that this beast that ascends out of out of the bottomless pit is um, the angel uh, from Revelation nine, which we read uh, a few weeks ago now. But um, I, don't, I don't quite think so. And let me just share a couple things with you. First of all, you know, beast, angel, you know, which one is it? But let's uh, let's look at uh, let's look at how this was used here. Um, so we know that we can see here that the same word beast that was used in Revelation 4 and 5 in the throne room scene 
it's a different uh, it's a different actually different Greek word. So it was used here in Revelation six where it says, and power was given unto them over the fourth part of the earth to kill with sword and hunger and with death and with the beasts of the earth, like a wild beast, right? So here we are in Re- Re- uh, Revelation eleven seven, uh, the beast that ascendeth out of the bottomless pit, and then this is this as we can see, this is the same beast that we're going to see here coming up very shortly. This is the beast kingdom, and I sit upon the sand of the sea and saw a beast rise up out of the sea. Uh, same thing here, Revelation thirteen two, and the beast, the beast. So this is all the same. This is all Revelation chapter thirteen, right? Revelation fourteen nine. And the third angel followed them, saying with a loud voice, "If any man worship the beast and his image and receive his mark in his forehead or in his hand." Um. So any case, right? The mouth of the beast, scarlet colored beast. So we're going to talk very briefly about who this beast is because it is very important and we kind of need to understand who the beast is to understand a little bit more of this chapter. But like I said, I mean, we're going to spend quite a bit of time uh, in a few weeks when we go over Revelation chapter 13 about the identity of the beast. But let's uh, let's take a look at a few snippets here. Revelation 13.1, And I stood upon the sand of the sea and saw a beast rise up out of the sea having seven heads and ten horns, and upon his horns, ten crowns, and upon his heads, the name of blasphemy. Revelation thirteen seven, And it was given unto him to make war with the saints, and to overcome them, and power was given over him over all kindreds and tongues and nations. So this is a ruling kingdom that rules over people. And uh, let's see, Revelation seventeen eight. The beast that wa- that thou sawest was and is not, and shall ascend out of the bottomless pit, and go into perdition. And they that dwell on the earth shall wonder, whose names were not written in the book of life from the foundation of the world, when they behold the beast that was and is not, and yet is. Now, we're going to see a little bit more about this beast here from Daniel 7. Then I would know the truth of the fourth beast, which was diverse from all the others, exceeding dreadful, whose teeth were of iron and his nails of brass, which devoured, breaking pieces, and stamped the residue with his feet. And of the ten horns that were in his head, and of the other which came up, and before whom three fell, even of that horn had eyes and a mouth that spake very great things, we're going to talk a lot about this in a few weeks, whose look was more stout than his fellows, and I beheld, and the same horn made war with the saints and prevailed against them. So, um, again, this is what we're talking about here, Revelation 7. And when they shall have finished their testimony, the beast that ascends out of the bottomless pit shall make war against them and shall overcome them and kill them. So, again, I beheld the same horn which made war with the saints and prevailed against them. Um, so what are we talking about here? We're talking about the fourth beast kingdom that was shown to Daniel. Um, Daniel was shown these four kingdoms in two different uh, instances. We had the dream that Nebuchadnezzar had in Daniel chapter 2, and he talked about how the statue was uh, head of gold. That was Nebuchadnezzar, the um, uh, Babylon, the Babylonian kingdom. The next was the, the chest and, and arms of uh, silver, and that was the Medo-Persian empire. Uh, then the, um, the, was it the waist and thighs of, um, brass, which was Alexander in, in the Grecian kingdom. Uh, and then last but not least was the legs, uh, of iron. And then also, which was part of the same kingdom, but it was like a different, different phase of it was the, the toes 
uh, of iron mixed with uh, with miry clay, and that was of course the uh, the first part is the um, the pagan Roman kingdom, you know, like the Caesars and whatnot, and then the second portion is the quote unquote Holy Roman Empire, aka the uh, Roman Catholic Church, the Vatican, um, the lineage of the popes. Uh, all that kind of stuff. So we're again, we're going to talk a lot more about that uh, here uh, in a few weeks. But uh, let's go a little bit more. Uh, here's a little more information on the second beast. Or I'm sorry, on the fourth beast. This is from Two Esdras. Um, if you're new, this book was included in the 1611 KJV, um, the 1599 Geneva, the 1560 or, um, 1560 Geneva, um, the Tyndale Bible, many others. Anyways, this uh, this was a highly regarded book. It was only taken out in, recently in the mid 1800s with the dispensational movement. To Esdras 11.1, uh, this is the vision, the vision of the eagle. On the second night I had a dream, and behold, there came up from the sea an eagle that had 12 feathered wings and three heads. Now we're going to reference this here in just a second. Um, to Ezra, we're going to just, uh, we're going to fast forward because, again, we're going to leave a lot of this for in a few weeks. But uh, I just want to show you that this is the vision of the eagle. This is the dream vision that Ezra was given. So the next chapter is when he gets the interpretation. This is to Ezra's 12, 10 through 13. He said to me, this is the interpretation of the vision which you have seen. The eagle which you saw coming up from the sea is the fourth kingdom which appeared in a vision to your brother Daniel, but it was not explained to him as I now explain or have explained it to you. Behold, the days are coming when a kingdom shall arise on earth, and it shall be more terrifying than all the kingdoms that have been before it. And, you know, uh, history will, will show you very quickly that it was definitely the Roman kingdom, you know, whether it be the, the pagan Roman kingdom or the, again, quote-unquote, holy Roman empire, has uh, definitely been the most devastating uh, force uh, on earth. To Esdras twelve twenty two through twenty five again, just skipping down a little bit, just to, again to to touch on this beast uh, topic quickly and move on. As for your seeing three heads at rest, this is the interpretation. In its last days, the Most High will raise up three kings, and they and I'll, we're gonna we're gonna talk about who these are, and they shall renew many things in it, and shall rule the earth and its inhabitants more oppressively than all who were before them. Therefore, they are called the heads of the eagle, for it is they who shall sum up his wickedness and perform his last actions so um let's see here so of course you know in talking about the eagle you know it's very easy to um to spot uh who this eagle was again this is the first phase of the eagle which was the again the pagan roman kingdom roman empire if you will and their symbol was uh this eagle now uh, let's see here And this is one of the uh, this is one of the symbols emblems of the uh, the um, papal papal kingdom, and you know you've got the three heads. Well, you can count this as one, I guess. You got the three heads. You got the twelve feathers. And again, what am I referencing here? Oops, let me pull it back up. What I'm referencing here is this vision. On the second night, I had a dream, and behold, there came up from the sea an eagle that had twelve feathered wings and three heads. And uh, again, this is one of the, so you got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, three heads, twelve wings. Okay, so long story short, yes, Rome. Rome is the fourth kingdom, and the current phase of that is the papacy. 
and we'll uh, we're going to talk more about uh, the beast, like I said, in a few weeks. So, Revelation eleven eight, and their dead bodies shall lie in the street of the great city. Now, this is a term that is used many times in Revelation, uh, and um, we'll we'll show you what that means here in a second. Their dead bodies shall lie in the street of the great city, which spiritually is called Sod. This is uh, Sodom. And Mitzrayim, so Sodom and Egypt, where also our Adonai was crucified. Now, it, we don't really need to do too much digging because we know where our Adonai, uh, where our Messiah was crucified, right? He was crucified in Jerusalem. So I guess we're going to hear a lot of fireworks tonight. So uh, let's let's see spiritually what, who, and who and what was called um, Sodom. In Egypt, so Isaiah one one, the vision of Isaiah the son of Amos, which he saw concerning Judah and Jerusalem in the days of Uzziah, Jotham, Ahaz, and Hezekiah, kings of Judah. So we are talking about Jerusalem here. So just to save a little time, we're going to skip a little bit further down Isaiah one, uh, verses nine through ten. Except Yahweh Sevaot had left unto us a very small remnant, we should have been as Sodom, and should we should have been like unto Gomorrah. Hear the word of Yahweh, ye rulers of Sodom. So, the rulers of Sodom, right? So, he's likening Jerusalem, the rulers of Jerusalem, uh, to the rulers of Sodom. Give ear unto the Torah of our Elohim, ye people of Gomorrah, right? Ezekiel 16, 44 through 49. In this whole chapter is talking about Jerusalem. Behold, everyone that useth Proverbs shall use this proverb against thee, saying, As is the mother, so is her daughter. You are your mother's daughter that loathes her husband and her children, and you are the sister of thy sisters which loathe their husbands and their children. Your mother was a Hittite, your father an Amorite. And it's true in the land of Israel, um, the land of Canaan, excuse me, before um, Yahusha, Joshua, and the army came through, uh, these are the people that were living in there. And thine elder sister is Samaria, right? That's the capital of the northern kingdom of Israel. She and her daughters that dwelt at thy left hand, and thy younger sister that dwelt at thy right hand is Sodom and her daughters. Yet hast thou not walked after their ways, nor done after their abominations. But as if that were a very little thing, you were corrupted more than they in all your ways. As I live, says Yahuwah, or Yahuwah Eloheinu, Sodom, thy sister, has not done she nor her daughters as you have done you and your daughters. So basically, he's saying that Jerusalem has done worse than Sodom, right? Behold, this was the iniquity of thy sister Sodom. Pride, fullness of bread, and abundance of idleness was in her and in her daughters. Neither did she strengthen the hand of the poor and the needy. And um, another reference real quick, Ezekiel 23, 1-4. The word of Yahuwah came again unto me, saying, Son of man, there were two women, the daughters of one mother, and they committed whoredoms in Egypt, and they committed whoredoms in their youth. There were their breasts pressed, and there they bruised the teats of their virginity. And the names of them were Ahola, the elder, and Aholibah, the sister. And they were mine, and they bare sons and daughters. Thus were their names Samaria, Ahola. And Jerusalem is a holy bomb. And then so just to, again, continue Ezekiel 23, neither, this is talking about a holy Jerusalem, neither left she her whoredoms brought from Egypt, for in her youth they lay with her, and they bruised the breasts of her virginity and poured out their whoredom upon her. So, uh, again, just uh, some references here to Jerusalem uh, spiritually being called Sodom and 
Egypt. And again, it's solidified by where also our Adonai was crucified. So I just wanted to show you um, to match what this is saying, uh, where this where this came from, where why Jerusalem is spiritually called Sodom in Egypt. Now let's talk a little bit more about this great city. Um, I want to show you what this great city is, Revelation 14.8. And there followed another angel saying, Babylon is fallen, is fallen, that great city, because she made all nations drink of the wine of the wrath of her fornication. Revelation 16.19, and the great city was divided into three parts. And the cities of the nations fell, and great Babylon, right, so the great city is great Babylon came in remembrance before Elohim to give unto her the cup of the wine of the fierceness of his wrath. Revelation seventeen eighteen and the woman which you saw is that great city which reigns over the king of the earth, which uh, actually, um, when we get into Revelation 17, uh, the translators did a terrible job right here. Um, we'll talk about that another time. Revelation 18.10, standing afar off for the fear of her torment, saying, Alas, alas, that great city Babylon, that mighty city, for in one hour is thy judgment come. Revelation 18.21, and a mighty angel took up a, a stone like a great millstone and cast it into the sea, saying, Thus with violence shall that great city Babylon be thrown down and shall be found no more at all. And again, what we just read, Revelation 11.8, And their dead bodies shall lie in the street of the great city, which spiritually is called Sodom and Egypt, where also our Adonai was crucified. So these witnesses, whether it's two, again, we talked about this a few weeks ago, and in part one, so a couple of months ago, um, you know, I, I'm open. You know, I really believe that the scripture is showing that if you did if you didn't uh, catch two weeks ago or the first part, I really do believe that the scripture is showing uh, that the the uh, the two houses, the house of Israel, the house of Judah, um, you know, we talked about it last week, the the, the sons of oil, right? Kings and priests. Um, these are redeemed believers in Yahusha, uh, I really do believe it's the, the house of Israel uh, as a, you know, as a body um, are the witnesses. It's especially what it says in uh, Isaiah. We're going to read Isaiah tonight, uh, 43 and 44. But, you know, if it's two literal men, hey, I'm open to that too. Um, you know, that's what we've all pretty much learned uh, for a long time. They've taught that for, you know, centuries. And that may be true, but... Um, you know, I think we need to remain open. Uh, what really could be being said here, but regardless, if it's two people or a bunch of people, uh, their dead bodies will be lying in the, the streets of the of of Jerusalem. Um, so, we're we're going to see a little bit more how that might work out. So, let's read uh, verses nine and ten now. And they of the people and kindreds and tongues and nations shall see their dead bodies three days and a half and shall not suffer their dead bodies to be put in graves. And they that dwell upon the earth shall rejoice over them and make merry and shall send gifts one to another because these two prophets tormented them that dwelt on the earth. Now, people have said this before that this sounds like this happens around Christmas time. I mean, it sounds like it does, right? They're making merry and sending gifts. I mean, I'm open to that. I really am. Um, I don't know. I really don't know, but uh, it, it is interesting. So let's talk a little bit about these dead bodies. Cause I think there's a little more to this than just, you know, dead bodies laying on the ground. Um, I think it's trying to tell us something here and just bear with me a little bit here and, and let's see what this might be saying. So let's read a passage that is very close to what's going on here. Again, um, 
all the people of the world will see their dead bodies. Um, the people of the world shall rejoice that they're dead. So, you know, uh, well, they're rejoicing because they tormented them, right? And people hated these people uh, for whatever reason. And, you know, I have to be honest, you know, people don't like us in general for that we, you know, we're a bunch of people waking up and wanting to keep the commandments, to, to keep the Torah. Um, it seems to really make people upset. I don't know. Maybe there'll be more to it. We'll talk about it. Psalm 79. O Elohim, the... O Elohim, the heathen are come into thine inheritance. Thy holy temple they have defiled. They have laid Jerusalem on heaps. Right? So this is what we're talking about. Again, we're talking about dead bodies being all over Jerusalem, the great city. We'll talk more about Mr. Babylon when we get there. The dead bodies of thy servants have they given to be meat unto the fowls of the heaven, the flesh of thy saints unto the beasts of the earth. So uh, it's pretty interesting that we were talking about uh, the fourth beast. We're talking about Jerusalem, and kind of here it is, right? So the flesh of thy saints unto the beasts of the earth, their blood have they shed like water round about Jerusalem, and there was none to bury them. So is this what we're seeing here? Is Psalm 79 speaking a little bit prophetically about uh, the witnesses dying in Jerusalem? Possibly. We are become a reproach unto our neighbors, a scorn and a derision to them that are round about us, right? The people of the world cheered when they died. How long, O Yahweh, will you be angry forever? Shall thy jealousy burn like fire? Pour out thy wrath upon the heathen that have not known you, and upon the kingdoms that have not called upon your name. For they have devoured Jacob, and laid waste his dwelling place. O remember not against our, us, I'm sorry, O remember not against us former iniquities. Let thy tender mercies speedily prevent us, for we are brought very low. Help us, O Elohim of our salvation, for the glory of your name, and deliver us, and purge away our sins for your name's sake. Wherefore should the heathen say, Where is their Elohim? Let him be known among the heathen in our sight by the revenging of the blood of thy servants which is shed. Let the sighing of the prisoner come before you. According to the greatness of your power, preserve, preserve you those that are appointed to die. And render unto our neighbors sevenfold into their bosom their reproach wherewith they have reproached you, O Yahuwah. So we, thy people, and sheep of thy pasture, will give thanks forever. We will show forth thy praise to all generations. So again, it is interesting what we're seeing here that um, the heathen are coming to your inheritance, the holy temple have they defiled, they have laid Jerusalem on heaps. So let's not forget what we just read at the beginning here. Um, and there was given me a reed like unto a rod, and the angel stood saying, Rise and measure the temple of Yahuwah and the altar, and them that worship therein. But the court which is without the temple, leave out and measure it not, for it is given unto the other nations, the heathen, right? So this the same word heathen, nations, goyim, uh, whatever. So the heathen, right? So given to the other nations in the holy city shall they tread underfoot forty and two months. So we're seeing that here. The heathen are come into your inheritance, your holy temple that they defiled. They have laid Jerusalem on heaps. The dead bodies of your servants have they given to be meat unto the fowls of the heaven, the flesh of your saints unto the beasts of the earth. Their blood had they shed like water round about Jerusalem, and there is none to bury them. And then again, last verse here, we are become a reproach unto our neighbors, a scorn and a derision to them that are round about us. So, interesting, right? Um, excuse me just a second. So, <clears throat> it's interesting also, there's a... Um, 
wherefore should the heathen say, where is their Elohim? Um, you know, this is originally in my notes, but I took it out because I wanted to make sure this didn't go too long. But uh, more I think about it, I think it's pretty important. And it's in Joel 2. And it really, for those of you that are uh, new or just stumbling across this, this may, may not make a whole lot of sense to you. Those of you that have gone through this whole series with us, uh, talking about, you know, uh, the sixth seal, the uh, the darkness, the sun being covered, the the moon not shining, the st- uh, the stars uh, not uh, withdrawing their light, uh, earthquake, uh, lightnings, thunders, um, Yahuwah's army marching, um, all this kind of ties together uh, again. So, um, right here when this happens, right when they say this, listen here, listen to this. Joel two. Blow ye the shofar in Zion and sound an alarm in my holy mountain. Let all the inhabitants of the land tremble, right? What's the land, right? This is Jerusalem. When it's talking about the land, it's typically the land of Israel. Um, Not the people of Israel, the land of Israel, right? For the day of Yahuwah cometh, for it is nigh at hand, a day of darkness and gloominess, right? We've been talking a lot about this, the day of clouds and of thick darkness as the morning spread upon the mountains, a great people and a strong there has not been ever the like, neither shall there be any more after it, even to the years of many generations. A fire devours before them, and behind them a flame burns. The land is as the Garden of Eden before them, and behind them a desolate wilderness, yea, and nothing shall escape them. The appearance of them is as the appearance of horses, and as horsemen so shall they run. Like the noise of chariots on the top of mountain, tops of mountains shall they leap, like the noise of a flame of fire that devoureth the stubble, as a strong people set in battle array. Before their face the people shall be much pained, all faces shall gather blackness, they shall run like mighty men, they shall climb the wall like men of war, and they shall march every one on his ways, and they shall not break their ranks, neither shall one thrust another, they shall walk every one in his path. And when they fall upon the sword, they shall not be wounded. They shall run to and fro in the city. They shall run upon the wall. They shall climb upon the, up, up upon the houses. They shall enter in at the windows like a thief. The earth shall quake before them. The heavens shall tremble. The sun and the moon shall be dark, and the stars shall withdraw their shining. And Yahuwah shall utter his voice before his army, for his camp is very great. For he is strong that executeth his word. For the day of Yahuwah is great and very terrible, and who can abide it? Therefore also now, saith Yahuwah, turn ye even to me with all your heart, and with fasting, and with weeping, and with mourning, and rend your heart, and not your garments, and turn unto Yahuwah your Elohim. For he is gracious and merciful, slow to anger, and of great kindness, and repenteth him of the evil." Who knoweth if he will return and repent and leave a blessing behind him, even a meat offering and a drink offering unto Yahweh your Elohim? Blow the trumpet in Zion, sanctify a fast, call a solemn assembly, gather the people, sanctify the congregation, assemble the elders, gather the children, and those that suck the breast. Let the bridegroom go forth of his chamber and the bride out of her closet. Let the priests, the ministers of Yahuwah, weep between the porch and the altar, and let them say, Spare thy people, O, o Yahuwah, and give not thine heritage to reproach, that the heathen should rule over them. Wherefore should they say among the people, Where is their Elohim? Right? So, you know, possibly, um, possibly, you know, this is uh, something that happens right after the witnesses are killed. You know, they're raised up, and then you've got this massive army that does crazy things that human beings can't do 
and don't die. And if a sword, you know, if they if a sword goes through them, then they don't die. You know, maybe it's because uh, they've been raised uh, with immortal bodies. Just something to think about. Something to think about. So, um, the praise Yahweh. Um, first of all, praise Yahweh, who is the revealer of wisdom. Um, I had not seen Psalm seventy nine like this uh, prior to uh, doing this study. So, um, praise praise Yah. Okay, so let's go back. So now we are again. We're continuing to talk about these dead bodies, right? Um, so. The nation shall see their dead bodies three days and a half and not suffer their dead bodies to be put in graves. Let's talk about this because this um, this word, dead bodies, was only used a few times in the New Testament. And um, the same word was translated. It's, it's the same word. It was translated a couple different times in different ways. So in Matthew 24, 28, which is this is where we're going to go with this, for wheresoever the carcass or dead body is there will the eagles be gathered together now is it really interesting that we were talking about the fourth beast which is an eagle right um mark 6 29 when his disciples heard they came back and took up his corpse or dead body and laid it in the tomb and so here we are now revelation 11 8 and their dead bodies shall lie in the street of the great city uh we already read that and then here again 11 uh, revelation 11 9 uh, the nation shall, sh- shall see their dead bodies three days and a half and shall not suffer their dead bodies to be put in graves. So uh, it was only used a few times here in the uh, in the New Testament. So um, but let's take a closer look at this. I think this is really, itch- I think it's fascinating um, that we see this like eagle connection. Um, and when we actually dig into it, we're going to see something pretty cool. Matthew 24, 28, again, for worse over the carcass, or let's, let's just say, because uh, it is the same word, it, it, the translators decided to say carcass instead of dead body, so it's the exact same Greek word. So for worse over the dead body is, there will be, be the eagles gathered together. Job 39, 27 through 30, which, by the way, I got to tell you, I hadn't picked up Job in a while. Uh, if you want a really good read, I mean, like some some, like, hair raising uh like holy spirit i call them holy spirit bumps right a holy spirit bump reading uh read job 38 through 42 if, if it's been a while those four chapters are absolutely amazing it's when yahuwah finally answers job uh out of the whirlwind and just goes at it so uh here's this is in the right in the middle of it so job 39 27 through 30 does the eagle mount up at thy command and make her nest on high she dwelleth and abideth on a rock upon the crag of the rock and the strong place from thence she seeketh the prey and her her eyes behold afar off her young ones also suck up blood and where the slain are there is she right so uh, again kind of just like where the dead body is there will the eagles be gathered together uh, and where the slain are there is she the eagle right uh, now there's a different there's another side to this um, you know as as far as uh, where the dead bodies are there will be the eagles gathered together um, there's another side of this Isaiah 40 29 31 he gives power to the faint and to them that have no might he increases strength even the youths shall faint and be weary and the young men shall utterly fall but they that wait upon Yahuwah shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. And they shall walk and not be faint. So uh, let's uh, let's talk a little bit more about this rising up as eagles. This is, um, uh, what is this? Uh, Enoch 96. No. Is that right? 
X, this is 100, so 90, yeah, yeah, 96, okay. Be hopeful, ye righteous, for suddenly shall the sinners perish before you, and ye shall have lordship over them according to your desires. And in the day of the tribulation of the sinners, right, your children shall mount and rise as eagles, and higher than the vultures will be your nest, and ye shall ascend and enter the crevices of the earth and the clefts of the rock forever, right? This rock, I believe, is the New Jerusalem, right? A rock cut without hands, as it's written in Daniel 2. Daniel 2, yeah. And the clefts of the rock forever and ever as conies before the unrighteous, and the sirens shall weep and sigh because of you. Wherefore, fear not ye that have suffered, for healing shall be your portion, and a bright light shall enlighten you, and the voice of rest shall you hear from heaven, which... Um, I really believe uh, it might be something like this where it says, we're, we're skipping ahead, but it says, and they heard a great voice from heaven saying unto them, come up hither, right? Could this be um, this voice of rest from heaven? Possibly so, possibly so. So, um, you know, what's going on here? My hypothesis, uh, just, a, just a kind of a guess here, is that, um, you know, when uh, these dead bodies fall, they are raised, you know, and it's just like it says Enoch and Enoch here, right? Shall mount and rise as eagles. But let's, uh, you know, since we're here, since we're here with uh, Matthew 24, I think it's a really good time to go through it. Uh, and I'll explain to you why. Uh, again, kind of going back, praise be to God, going back through Matthew 24 and looking at this. Because like once I saw that, uh, you know, where the dead bodies are, there the eagles are gathered. Um I wanted to read all the way through Matthew 24 again, and I think y'all might have shown me something that I hadn't seen before, um, kind of a, uh, where the two witnesses kind of fit into this uh, timeline, per se. So Matthew 24, 3 through 28, we're going to kind of break down Matthew 24 a little bit here and see if we're on to something, see if it kind of connects here to the two witnesses. And as he sat upon the Mount of Olives, the disciples came unto him privately, saying, Tell us. When shall these things be, and what shall be the sign of your coming and of the end of the world? And Yahusha answered and said unto them, Take heed that no man deceive you. For many shall come in my name, saying, I am Messiah, and shall deceive many. And ye shall hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that ye be not troubled, for all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. For nation shall rise against nation, and kingdom against kingdom, and there shall be famines, and pestilences, and earthquakes in diverse places. All these are the beginning of sorrows. So let's take a look at this real quick, and I want to show you uh, another angle of this that gives us a little more uh, explanation in 2 Esdras, chapter 9, verses 1-13. through 13. He answered me and said, Measure carefully in your mind, and when you see that a certain... This is the angel responding to Ezra. Measure in your carefully in your mind, and when you see that a certain part of the predicted signs are past, then you will know that it is the very time when the Most High is about to visit the world which he has made. So when there shall appear in the world earthquakes, tumults of peoples, right? The tumult of peoples, this is like rioting. A tumult of peoples is like rioting. And so... Um, you know, these riots have been going on for years, but it's starting to intensify, right? It's like, again, like labor pain, you know, gets more difficult right before the birth. And so it's like earthquakes have been happening and they've been intensifying. Um, these tumult of peoples, these riots, right, are, are intensifying. Uh, intrigues of nations. Um, let's see, I forgot what this 
intrigues. Uh, yeah, here we go. Here we go. Look at this. Look at this. Intrigues of nation. The practice of engaging in engaging in secret schemes. So, uh, what have we all been learning about the world rulers and you know those that have rule over the nations right now? Secret plans. The secret societies. Hidden hand. Uh, Illuminati. I'm just gonna throw all the trigger words out there right now. Um, <laughs> anyways, so these secret plans have been going on for years. Um, what since the what mid 1800s you know everything has changed everything uh when zionism started coming out and uh, anyways you guys know what i'm talking about when it talks about when it says practicing engaging in secret schemes uh yeah that is uh, rampant right now wavering of leaders right confusion of princes like this is a uh, wavering of leaders right this is like a the unsteadiness of leadership uh, around the world and that's on purpose right we're living in a time where uh, you know, I think every world leader is part of uh, uh, the same brotherhood confusion of princes then you will know that it was of these that the most high spoke from the days that were of old from the beginning for just as with everything that has occurred in the world the beginning is evident and the end manifest so also are the times of the most high the beginnings are manifest in wonders and mighty works and the end in requital and in signs and it shall be that everyone who will be saved and will be able to escape on account of his works or on account of the faith by which he has believed will survive the dangers that have been predicted and will see my salvation in my land and within my borders, which I have sanctified for myself from the beginning. Then those who have now abused my ways shall be amazed and those who have rejected them with contempt shall dwell in torments. For as many as did not acknowledge me in their lifetime, although they received my benefits, and as many as have scorned my Torah, while they still had freedom and did not understand but despised it, I mean, that's a pretty scary thought. I think about how many are people are scorning right, his law, his Torah, while they still have freedom and did not understand but despised it. I mean, how many people despise his Torah right now? While an opportunity of repentance was still open to them, these must in torment acknowledge it after death. Therefore, do not continue to be curious about how the ungodly will be punished, but inquire how the righteous will be saved to those to whom the age belongs and for who this, the uh, whose sake the age was made. So, anyways, I read all that. Really, um, I really, again, wanted to show you the earthquakes, tumult of peoples, intrigues of nations, wavering of leaders, confusion of princes. I think this is a, uh, an addition to uh, these beginning of sorrows that Messiah Yahusha says or speaks about. Verse 9, Then shall I deliver you up to be afflicted, and shall kill you, and ye shall be hated of all nations for my name's sake. So, right, so we're looking at this, who who is this talking about? Now, I think the word is so intricate and in-depth that this could apply to um, right after Messiah Yahushua died, and, you know, you've, you've got all the apostles being killed, uh, being delivered up to be afflicted, killed, hated of all nations for his name. Um, that's very possible. Is it also possible for that to happen in these last days? Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, but uh, what are we talking about here? So again, um, they are the people and kindreds of the tongues of the nation shall see their dead bodies three days and a half and shall not suffer their dead bodies to be put in graves. And they that dwell on the earth shall rejoice over them and make merry and shall send gifts one to another because these two prophets tormented them that dwelt on the earth. So uh, if they tormented them, guess what? They're going to be hated uh, of all nations, right, for his namesake. 
So keep verse 9 in mind for a second. And then shall many be offended and shall betray one another and shall hate one another. And many false prophets shall arise and deceive many. And because iniquity, lawlessness, Torahlessness shall abound, the love of many shall wax cold. But he that shall endure unto the end, the same shall be saved. Now listen, this is really interesting. Um, I've always thought verse 14 um, is something that you know, started happening right in, you know, with the Great Commission, you know, Matthew 28. He's like, go into all nations and, and preach, you know, the good news. Um, but I really believe that this specifically is talking about the end and what the witnesses actually preach. And this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in all the world for a witness unto the nations, and then shall the end come. I believe that this right here, verse 14, is talking about the two witnesses. Again, whether it's two literal people, I'm open to it still, or the the uh, the children of Israel right uh, the the two lampstands the two candlesticks the two olive trees um, the the two the sons of oil the kings and the priests right the two that were anointed with oil as per Zechariah four so is it possible that you know you got verse fourteen and then they'll be killed right it's very possible I mean we've seen it time and time again uh, throughout prophecies where it's like it'll uh, you have the end, and then it'll go back to the beginning, and then it's like timeline isn't always chronological. Um, it's all throughout the scripture. You guys, are, you're you're very familiar with that. So it's possible that verse 14 and 9 are talking about the witnesses, right? It's possible. Um, all right. So verse 15. We're just going to read through verse 28. I think, yeah, on this. When, there, when ye therefore shall see the abomination of desolation spoken of by Daniel the prophet, stand in the holy place, whoso readeth, let him understand, right? Then let them which be in Judea flee into the mountains. Let him which is on the housetop not come down to take anything out of his house, neither let him which is in the field return back to take his clothes. So um, I want to show you, um, oh, I thought I had it up here. Yeah, abomination, here we go. Let's look at uh, the Septuagint version of the abomination of desolation. Verse 26, And after the 62 weeks, the anointed one shall be destroyed, right, Messiah shall be cut off, and there is no judgment in him, and he shall destroy the city and the sanctuary with the prince that is coming. They shall be cut off with a flood, and to the end of the war, which is rapidly completed, he shall appoint the city to the, I'm sorry, the city to desolation. So what is the city? It's Jerusalem. He shall appoint the city of Jerusalem to desolations. And one week shall establish the covenant with many. And in the midst of the week, my sacrifice and drink offering shall be taken away. And on the temple shall be the abomination of desolations. And at the end of the time, an end shall be put to the desolation. So what do I think is actually being said here? I think Luke actually clears it up pretty well. This is the Luke version of the Olivet Discourse. So this is the Luke version of Matthew 24. This is verse 20 through 22. And when you shall see Jerusalem encompassed with armies, then know that the desolation thereof is nigh. So Jerusalem is Mystery Babylon. And if you're new, this is sound crazy to you because you're like, no, no, you know, the... The Vatican is, you know, Mystery Babylon, or America is Mystery Babylon. I get it. I totally get it. It all makes sense. But we have to go through Scripture, and we will talk a lot more about Mystery Babylon when we get to it. Uh, Revelation 17. Um, well, it's actually all over the place, but I think we'll talk. We'll focus on on uh, chapter 17. If you haven't 
if you haven't watched our 30 something like 36 minute uh, mystery Babylon just type in mystery Babylon parable of the vineyard and uh, it should come up and we, or if one of the moderators can maybe can um, put it in the live chat now and we'll try to get that uh, in the comment section as well and when you shall see Jerusalem compassed with armies then know that the desolation thereof is nice so the abomination is going to be made desolate then let them which are in Judea flee to the mountains, and let them which are in the midst of it depart out, and let them not that are in the countries enter therein too. For these be the days of vengeance, that all things which are written may be fulfilled. Now, again, was Jerusalem made leveled in 70 AD? Yes, it was. Is it going to happen again? I believe so. And we're going to talk more about why uh, when, uh, when we get to that in Revelation chapter 17. And also, it's it was interesting, um, and you know, a lot of people have talked about, you know, and in the midst of the week, my sacrifice. It says, I think sacrifice and oblations in the KJV. Uh, my sacrifice and my drink offering shall be taken away. Um, quite frankly, what is his sacrifice? Some people think that the the third temple has got to be built, and the sacrifices are going to resume, and then it's going to be cut off. No, no, no. Um, our prayers, which are as incense before him, um, the prayers of his righteous ones. Uh, are his sacrifice and drink offerings and so when that shall be taken away then this will happen so okay so let's keep going verse 19 and woe to them that are with child and to them that give suck in those days but pray ye that your flight be not in the winter neither on the sabbath day for then shall be great tribulation such as was not since the beginning of the world to this time no nor ever shall be and except those days should be shortened there should no flesh be saved but for the elect's sake, those days shall be shortened. Then if any man shall say unto you, Lo, here is Messiah, or there, believe it not. For there shall arise false Christs and false prophets, and show great signs and wonders, insomuch that if it were possible, they shall deceive the very elect. Behold, I have told you before. Wherefore, if they shall say unto you, Behold, he is in the desert, go not forth. Behold, he is in the secret chambers, believe it not. For as the lightning cometh out of the east and shineth even unto the west, so also is the coming of the sun. Uh, so, I'm sorry, so, so shall also the coming of the son of man be. And here it is: for wheresoever the carcass is, wherever the dead body is, there will the eagles be gathered together. So, eh, kind of a, a interesting rabbit hole. But uh, I thought I thought it was pretty interesting with this uh, dead bodies and the eagles be gathered, and uh, with the bodies. Uh, dead bodies we saw in Psalm 79, uh, the uh, uh, the bodies and the uh, eagles being gathered in Job 39. Thought it was kind of interesting, and uh, I'll let you guys pray on that, meditate on that one. But um, let's talk about what what these witnesses are actually going to be doing. Give me just a moment. Oh, wow. <clears throat> wow, an hour goes by so quickly. My goodness. Okay, let's talk a little bit about what possibly these two witnesses will actually be doing. So here's a little snippet right here, Isaiah 66, 19 through 21. It says, And I will set a sign among them, and I will send those that escape of them unto the nations. Right? So he's saying here, people are going to escape, 
and they're going to be sent out to the nations, to Tarshish, to Pul, to Lud, to draw the bow, to Tubal, to Yavan, to the isles afar off that have not heard my fame, neither have seen my glory, and they shall declare declare my glory among the Gentiles. So I really believe that this is the fulfillment of uh, in Matthew where it says that this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached unto all the world, and then shall the end come. I believe this is it right here when they're actually doing it. And they shall bring your brethren for an offering unto Yahuwah out of all nations upon horses and in chariots and in litters and upon mules and upon swift beasts to my holy mountain Jerusalem, saith Yahuwah, this is New Jerusalem, as the children of Israel bring an offering and a clean vessel into the house of Yahuwah. And I will also take for them of priests and for Levites, saith Yahuwah. Now, let's read through Isaiah. And again, this this is the chapter, these the two chapters that specifically say, the house of Israel are his witnesses, period. So Isaiah 43, through, uh, 1 through 44, 11. So this is going to be a little bit long of a read, but uh, very important. Now, thus saith Yahuwah that created you, O Jacob. All right, another name for Israel, right? And he that formed you, O Israel, fear not, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by name. You are mine. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And through the rivers, they shall not overflow you. And when you walk through the fire, you shall not be burned. Neither shall the flame kindle upon you. For I am Yahuwah, your Elohim, the Holy One of Israel, thy Savior. I gave Egypt for thy ransom, Ethiopia and Seba for you. Since you were precious in my sight, you have been honorable, and I have loved you. Therefore, I will give men for you and people for your life. Fear not, for I am with you. I will bring your seed from the east and gather you from the west. I will say to the north, give up, and to the south, keep not back. Bring my sons from far and my daughters from the ends of the earth. Right? So he's gathering he's gathering the children of Israel to New Jerusalem or surrounding it. I don't know exactly how this looks, right? But he's gathering them to the land regardless. Even everyone that is called by my name, for I have created him for my glory. I have formed him, yea, I have made him. Bring forth the blind people that have eyes and the deaf that have ears. Let all the nations be gathered together and let the people be assembled. Right? So the nations are gathered together and let the people be assembled. Who, who among them can declare this and show us former things? Let them bring forth their witnesses that they may be justified, or let them hear and say, it is truth. Boom. Right? He's talking to Israel, right? The nation of Israel. You are my witnesses. And I'm not talking, if you're new here, I'm not talking about the 1948 state of Israel. I'm talking about those that are in Messiah, Yahusha, and keep his commandments. You are Israel. It says right here, You are my witnesses, saith Yahuwah, and my servant whom I have chosen, that ye may know and believe me and understand that I am he. Right? What did Messiah say to the Pharisees? You're going to die in your sins if you, don't, if you don't believe that I am he. Right? And understand that I am he. Before me there was no L formed. Neither shall there be any after me. I even I am Yahuwah, and beside me there is no Savior. I have declared, and I have saved, I have showed, when there was no strange God among you. Therefore, you are my witnesses, saith Yahuwah, that I am Elohim. Yea, before the day was, I am He, and there is none that can deliver out of my hand. I will work, and who shall let it? Thus saith Yahuwah, your Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel, 
For your sake I have sent to Babylon, and have brought down all their nobles and the Chaldeans, whose cry is in the ships. I am Yahuwah, your Holy One, the Creator of Israel, your King. Thus saith Yahuwah, which maketh a way in the sea, and a path in the mighty waters, which bringeth forth the chariot and the horse, the army and the power. They shall lie down together, they shall not rise, they are extinct, they are quenched as tow. Remember ye not the former things, neither consider the things of old. Behold, I will do a new thing, now it shall spring forth. Shall ye not know it? I will even make a way in the wilderness, and the rivers in the desert. The beast of the field shall honor me, the dragons and the owls, because I give waters in the wilderness, and rivers in the desert, to give drink to my people, my chosen. Right? What does, he, what does Yahusha say? Many are called, but few are chosen. Straight is the way, narrow is the path, and few be there that find it. What is the path? What is the way? Right? There's no way on earth that we can be reconciled back to the Father but through Yahusha. Who is Yahusha? He is the Word. He is the whole Word. All of it. And that includes the Torah. Torah is the way. I don't like this new site. I don't like change. <laughs> no. Psalm 119.1 Blessed are the undefiled in the way who walk in the Torah of Yahuwah. That's who his chosen are. This people have I formed for myself. They shall show forth my praise. But you have not called upon me, O Jacob. You have not been weary of me, O Israel. Thou hast not brought me the small cattle of thy burnt offerings. Neither hast thou honored me with thy sacrifices. I have not caused thee to serve with an offering, nor wearied thee with incense. Right? He knows. He knows who would be in the end times. We have no sacrificial system. Messiah Yahusha was the final sacrifice for sins. We have no priesthood to do peace offerings and wave offerings and um, free will offerings. Um, so none of this is happening, right? He knew. He's, not, he's like, I have not caused you to serve with an offering, nor weird you with incense. You have not br brought me, I'm sorry, you have brought me no sweet cane. This is bosom, cannabosum, with money, neither hast thou filled me with the fat of thy sacrifices, but thou hast made me to serve with thy sins, thou hast wearied me with thine iniquities. I, even I, am he that blotteth out thy transgressions for mine own sake, and will not remember thy sins. Put me in remembrance. Let us plead together, declare you, that you may be justified. Right? We're supposed to declare, right? Declare his goodness. And we're going to read a passage from two Ezra's that's going to show us exactly what we declare. That you may be justified. Your first father has sinned, and thy teachers have transgressed against me. You know, speaking of our fathers being sinned, if you haven't read Daniel 9, we actually read the end of Daniel 9 earlier, but the beginning of Daniel 9, uh, like the first 80% of it, is a prayer from Daniel to Yahuwah confessing the sins of our fathers and his own sin. I, f I really believe that we all need to do so. Um, if you have, maybe it's a perfect time, maybe this Shabbat, if you have some time, read Daniel 9, read it out loud to Yahuwah, right? As like a petition to him to forgive not only your own sins, but your forefathers' sins, your father's sins. It's in Leviticus, I think, uh, is it Leviticus or Deuteronomy that states we have to declare uh, that we have sinned and our fathers have sinned as well. Therefore, I have profaned the princes of the sanctuary and have given Jacob to the curse and Israel to reproaches. 
Get now here, O Jacob, my servant, and Israel, whom I have chosen. Thus saith Yahweh that made you and formed you from the womb, which will help you. Fear not, O Jacob, my servant, and you, Jeshurun, it's another name for Israel, right? Whom I have chosen, for I will pour water upon him that is thirsty, and floods upon the dry ground. I will pour my spirit upon your seed, and my blessing upon your offspring, and they shall spring up as among the grass, as willows by the watercourses. So what is he saying here? I mean, it's like, you know, in a parable, like we're plants, right? The parable of the, of the sower. Uh, it's This stems from Deuteronomy 32, uh, the other song of Moshe. Gosh, I don't like this the way this looks. Um, Deuteronomy 32, give ear, you heavens, and I will speak and hear, O earth, the words of my mouth. Listen, my doctrine shall drop as the rain. My speech shall distill as the dew, as the small rain upon the tender herb, as the showers upon the grass, right? So what is he talking about here? So his word, oops, his word, I will pour water upon the th- him that is thirsty and floods upon the dry ground. Brothers and sisters, this is talking about the end times when he increases wisdom. He's showing his doctrine. He's revealing the truth, the truth to his people that are calling upon his name in these last days. I will pour my spirit upon your seed and my blessing upon thine offspring. And they shall spring up as among the grass as willows by the watercourses. One shall say, I am Yahuwah's. And another shall call himself by the name of Yaakov. And another shall subscribe with his hand unto Yahuwah and surname himself by the name of Israel. I gotta tell you, I've seen, I've been seeing this quite a bit. Um, all you gotta do is look on Facebook and people are doing this left and right. Whether this is a, you know, whether this is a fulfillment on Facebook, I'm not saying that it is. I'm just saying it is interesting that people are calling themselves, you know, um, by the name of Jacob or Israel, um, and surname theirself by the name. Anyways, it's interesting. It's, it is, it's just side note. Interesting. Thus saith Yahuwah, the King of Israel and his redeemer, Yahuwah of Yahuwah Sevaot. I am the first and I am the last. And beside me, there is no Elohim. And who as I shall call and declare it and set it in order for me since I appointed the ancient people, and the things that are coming and shall come, let them show unto them. This is part of what the witnesses are going to be doing, right? So he's going to be appointing these witnesses to show the things that are coming, shall come. He's like, let them show it unto them. Fear ye not, neither be afraid. Have I not, have I, not I told you from that time and had declared it? Ye are even my witnesses. Again, he's talking about the house of Israel here. Is there an Elohim beside me? Yea, there is no Elohim, not that I know of any. They that make a graven image are all of them vanity, and their delectable things shall not profit. And they are their own witnesses. They see not, nor know, that they may be ashamed. Who has formed a god or a molten graven image that is profitable for nothing? Behold, all his fellows shall be ashamed, and the workmen, they are of men. Let them all be gathered together. Let them stand up, yet they shall fear they shall be ashamed together. So this is a, just a little snippet of what the uh, witnesses will be doing, right? So um, I, I, what, I, what we just kind of read here is he's going to gather them. Yahusha is going to appoint them, declare that they're his witnesses, and they're going to go out. And they're going to preach the word. And they're going to prophesy and show what's, what's to come. And the playbook is right here in Revelation, right? Uh, one more thing. One more thing about uh, what the witnesses say and do. 
two, two, I gotta tell you, two Ezra's and Enoch are probably the two most important books outside of the canon that we're used to as far as when it comes to um, end times events. One of the reasons why this book was taken out, right? What we were saying earlier about what happened in the 1800s, how everything changed when uh, dispensational started coming, dispensational theology coming out and Zionism and all these crazy things. They're like, yep, we gotta get rid of this book. Uh, you know what? Let's go up a little further. So, this is 2 Ezra uh, 2.33 through... No, let's just read all of it. Let me just skip two verses. I, Ezra, received a command from Yahuwah on Mount Horeb, this is Mount Sinai, to go to Israel. When I came to them, they rejected me and refused Yahuwah's commandment. Therefore, I say to you, O nations that hear and understand, await your shepherd, which is what we're doing now. He will give you everlasting rest, which is what we're waiting for, because he who will come at the end of the age is close at hand. Be, it's like he's speaking to us in, these la in this last generation. This I, 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 I really believe that, that Ezra is talking to this end times generation. Be ready for the rewards of the kingdom because the eternal light will shine upon you forevermore. I don't know if you remember earlier, we uh, we actually read in um, in Enoch, right? Um, it says, In the day of the tribulation of the sinners, your children shall mount and rise as eagles, and higher than the vultures will be your rest or your nest, and ye shall ascend and enter into the crevices of the earth and the clefts of the rocks forever as conies before the unrighteous, and the sirens shall sigh because of you and weep. Now listen, wherefore fear not ye that have suffered, for healing shall be your portion, and a bright light shall enlighten you, and the voice of rest ye shall hear from heaven. So, um, where, was, where was it at? Yeah, the eternal light will shine up you and, on you forevermore. Flee from the shadow of this age, right? I really believe this is very similar to... Uh, coming out of Babylon so you be not partakers of our sins flee from the shadow of this age right from the darkness flee from the darkness of this age anything that's part of darkness of this age flee from it receive the joy of your glory I publicly call on my Savior to witness receive what Yahuwah has entrusted to you and to be joyous giving thanks to him who has called you to heavenly kingdoms rise and stand and see at the feast of Yahuwah the number of those who have been sealed those who have departed from the shadow of this, this age, right? Those who have departed from darkness of this age have received glorious garments from Yahuwah. Take again your full number, O Zion, and conclude the list of your people who are clothed in white, who have what? Fulfilled the Torah of Yahuwah. The number of your children who you desired is full. Beseech Yahuwah's power that your people who have been called from the beginning may be made holy. Now, I believe this is a snapshot of the 144,000 and the great multitude. I, Ezra, saw on Mount Zion a great multitude which could not number. And they were all praising Yahuwah with songs. In their midst was a young man of great stature, taller than any of the others. And on the head of each of them he placed a crown. But he was more exalted than they. And I was held spellbound. Then I asked the angel, Who are these, my lord? He answered and said to me, these are they who have put off mortal clothing and have put on the immortal, and they have confessed the name of Elohim. Now they are being crowned and receive palms. Then I said to the angel, Who is that young man who places crowns on them and puts palms in their hands? He answered and said to me, He is the son of Elohim, whom they confessed in the world. 
So I began to praise those who had stood valiantly for the name of Yahuwah. So what do these people do? They departed from the darkness, the wickedness of this age. Uh, they, they walked in the Torah. They walked out the Torah. They confessed the name. The tr- uh, they confessed his name, right? And what do they do? They stood valiantly for the name of Yahuwah. So uh, should we be doing these things? I think so. Um, right but okay so wow we got a lot more to go through (laughs) okay we got time we got time okay so now we're going to read 11 through 12 and after three days and a half the Ruach Chaim the spirit of life from Yahuwah entered into them and they stood upon their feet and great fear fell upon them which saw them right so they're dead raised back up And they heard a great voice from heaven saying unto them, Come up hither. And they ascended up to heaven in a cloud, and their enemies beheld them. Let's talk about this. So, um, could have something to do with Ezekiel 37, maybe part of it. Remember we read earlier that, um, you know, we read that Joel 2 passage with Yahuwah's army. Maybe it could have something to do with that. Maybe not. But uh, again, uh, the only really the only other snapshot we get in in scriptures about a bunch of people laying dead and then being raised back up. Ezekiel thirty-seven. Uh, you know what? Let's just read it. We'll just read up to eleven. The hand of Yahuwah was upon me and carried me out in the spirit of Yahuwah and set me down in the midst of the valley which was full of bones, and caused me to pass by roundabout. And behold. There were many, there were very many in the open valley, and lo, they were very dry. And he said unto me, Son of man, can these bones live? And I answered, O Yahuwah Elohim, you know. Again he said unto me, Prophesy upon these bones, and say unto them, O ye dry bones, hear the word of Yahuwah. Thus saith Yahuwah Elohim unto these bones, Behold, I will cause breath to enter you, and ye shall live. And I will lay sinews upon you, and will bring up flesh upon you, and will cover you with skin, and put breath in you, and ye shall live, and ye shall know that I am Yahuwah. So I prophesied as I was commanded, and as I prophesied, there was a noise, and behold, a shaking, and the bones came together, bone to his bone. And when I beheld, lo, the sinews and the flesh came upon them, and the skin covered them above, and there was no breath in them. Then he said unto me, Prophesy unto the wind, unto the ruach, Prophesy unto the Ruach, prophesy, son of man, and say to the Ruach, Thus saith Yahuwah Elohenu, Come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe upon these slain, that they may live. So I prophesied as he commanded me, and the breath came into them, and they lived, and stood upon their feet, an exceeding great army. Then he said unto me, Son of man, these bones are the whole house of Israel. Behold, they say, Our bones are dried, our hope is lost. We are cut off for our parts. So maybe, maybe not, because, you know, it says that their dead bodies were only there for three and a half days. Hardly would all the skin and the sinews and everything be, um, you know, taken off, um, you know, to show, you know, the kind of the same uh, concept, I guess, is what's going on in Ezekiel. But maybe, 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 maybe not. Just something I wanted to share uh, in talking about that. All right, so verse 13. And the same hour was there a great earthquake, and the tenth part of the city fell. 
And in the earthquake were slain of men seven thousand, and the remnant were affrighted, and gave glory to the Yah of heaven. So let's take a look at some of these earthquake indicators and see what we may be seeing here. Isaiah 29.6, he's saying, You will be visited of Yahweh Sevaot with thunder and with earthquake and great noise, with storm and tempest and the flame of devouring fire. Revelation 6. 12 through 17 and i beheld when he had opened the sixth seal and lo there was a great earthquake and the sun became black as sackcloth of hair and the moon became as blood and the stars of heaven fell unto the earth even as a fig tree casteth her untimely figs when she is shaken of a mighty wind and heaven departed as a scroll when it is rolled together and every mountain and island removed out of their places and the kings of the earth, and the great men, and the rich men, and the chief captains, and the mighty men, and every bondman, and every freeman hid themselves in the dens and in the rocks of the mountains, and said to the mountains and to the rocks, Fall on us, and hide us from the face of him that sits on the throne, and from the wrath of the Lamb. For the great day of his wrath has come, and who shall be able to stand? So, Mike, the reason I'm going to be bringing up all these references is like, how many times do you think, when all this goes down, how many times do you think at the same time there's going to be, the sun's going to be dark, the moon's going to be dark, the stars are going to be dark, uh, great earthquake, um, you know, you know, is that more than one time? Maybe. Or is this all talking about the same time? Not sure. Revelation 16, 16 through 21, and he gathered them together to a place in the Hebrew tongue called Armageddon Har Moed. And the seventh angel, poured, which I believe this is uh, um, Mount Sinai, uh, it's in the Hebrew tongue. There is no place called Armageddon. Um, Har, uh, Har Moed, right? Or Har Megiddo, one of the two. And the seventh angel, and Har Moed is Mount Sinai. Uh, and the seventh angel, seventh angel poured out his vial into the air, and there came a great voice out of the temple of heaven and from the throne saying, it is done, right? And here it is. And there were voices and thunders and lightnings, and there was a great earthquake, such as was not since uh, since men were upon the earth, so mighty an earthquake and so great. And the great city, right, Jerusalem, was divided into three parts, and the cities of the nations fell, and great Babylon came in remembrance before Elohim to give unto her the cup of the wine of the fierceness of his wrath. And every island fled away, and the mountains were not found, and there fell upon men great hail out of heaven every stone about the weight of a talent and men blasphemed elohim because of the plague of the hail for the plague thereof was exceeding great revelation 8 1 through 5 and when he had opened the seventh seal there was silence in heaven about the space of half an hour and i saw seven angels which stood before elohim and to them were given seven trumpets and another angel came and stood at the altar, having a golden censer, and there was given unto him much incense that he should offer it with the prayers of all the saints upon the golden altar, which was before the throne. And the smoke of the incense, which came with the prayers of the saints, right? Remember we were talking earlier about in Daniel 9, it talks about his uh, sacrifice and oblations or sacrifice uh, and drink offerings were ceased. Um, here's just one of the snippets about um, the prayers of the saints, you know, being that incense. I sent it up before Elohim out of the angel's hand, and the angel took the censer and filled it with the fire of the altar and cast it into the earth, and there were voices and thunderings and lightnings and an earthquake. So these are going to be a ton of earthquakes going on, you know, major ones, or this is all talking about one major event, the start of the day of Yahuwah. 
All right. Uh, Revelation eleven fourteen. The second woe is past, and behold, the third woe comes quickly. All right. So now we're going to be getting into the seventh trumpet. And uh, let's read uh, verse 15. And the seventh angel sounded, and there were great voices in heaven, saying, The kingdoms of this world are become the kingdoms of our Adonai, and of his, and of his Mashiach, and he shall reign forever and ever. I just want to sing the song of Moshe right now. <laughs> let's take a look at uh, some of these sevens, right? Again, we're going to talk about the seventh angel with the seventh trumpet. Revelation 10.7 But in the days of the voice of the seventh angel, when he shall begin to sound, the mystery of Elohim should be, f- should be finished and he hath, as he has declared to his servants the prophets. Revelation 16.17-19 And the seventh angel poured out his vial into the air, and there came a great voice out of, out of the temple of heaven from the throne saying, It is done. Right. So what are we talking about? Um, Seventh angel sounded, and there were great voices in heaven, right? Seventh angel poured out his vial, and there came a great voice out of the temple of heaven from the throne saying, It is done. And there were voices and thunders and lightnings, and there was a great earthquake, such as was not since were men upon the earth, so mighty an earthquake, and so great. Actually, we just read that, sorry. Um, But it you can see it all kind of connects. And the great city was divided into three parts, and the cities of the nations fell, and great Babylon came in remembrance before Elohim to give unto her the cup of the wine of the fierceness of his wrath. And uh, I won't do this again here, but uh, we also read this uh, again, talking about the, the sevens. When you open the seventh seal, right, um, seven trumpets, and um, again, what again, what are we talking about here? Uh, voices, thunderings, lightnings, earthquake, which we're also going to see here at the end of Revelation chapter 11. Give me just a moment. You know, <clears throat> speaking about these voices, right? Can you imagine what these voices are going to sound like um, to the inhabitants of the earth? You know, I we talked about it before, and we're going to talk about it a lot more when we get to Revelation chapter 13 with the beast and uh, kind of just some of the stuff he does, uh, the, uh, that kingdom, what it does. and But, you know, you look at these like Hollywood movies and these aliens just, they always sound so terrifying and um, I just, I would just imagine, because we've talked about it, if you're new, we've talked about this before, we really... A lot of us are really starting to wake up and realize that these Hollywood movies about aliens is not just for entertainment, um, and it's not just about like selling space and you know f- the fake space and um, all that stuff. But really starting to believe that um, when Yahusha comes down with New Jerusalem, that that is that's the aliens, you know that that. Uh, they've been portraying and you look you like you've seen a lot of alien movies i think um independence day oh it's funny independence day is tomorrow right um not that that really means much to much to any to most of us anymore but um like an independence day right you have you know the the world is you know the world is you know there's tensions in the world and 
Then these aliens come down, and now the world has a united threat. So people of the world come together and gather together against this common threat. And um, like the movies portray, you know, th through the strength of numbers and the world coming together, they defeat this alien threat. So I really believe this is how they're going to convince people that, you know, New Jerusalem and Messiah and, and his army can be defeated is because of this Hollywood narrative. Um, but just, gosh, goodness, imagine what those voices are going to sound like, right? It's going to be terrifying to the wicked, terrifying to them. So, uh, in speaking about uh, Mashiach and he shall reign forever and ever, well, let's take a look at this. Exodus fifteen seventeen through eighteen, right? Part of the 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 end of the song of Moshe, right? You shall bring them in and plant them in the mountain of your inheritance, New Jerusalem. We we're just talking about it, right? In the place, O Yahuwah, which you has made for thee to dwell in, the sanctuary, the Mikdash, right? O Yahuwah, which your hands have prepared, established. Yahuwah shall reign forever and ever, right? So. We were talking about he shall reign forever and ever. The very end, uh, the very end of the song of Moshe, which we will be singing tonight at the conclusion of this. Um, Daniel two thirty one through forty five. This is something we referenced at the very beginning of this live stream tonight. This is this is the interpretation of the statue. You, O king, saw and behold a great image, this great image whose brightness was excellent, stood before you, and the form thereof was terrible. This image's head was of fine gold, his breast and his arms of silver, his belly and his thighs of brass, his legs of iron, his feet part of iron and part of clay. You saw till that a stone was cut without hands, which we're going to talk about who, what this is, which smote the image upon his feet that were of iron and clay and break them to pieces. Then was the iron, the clay, the brass, the silver, and the gold broken to pieces together and became like the chaff of the summer threshing floors. And the wind carried them away, that no place was found for them. And the stone that smote the image became a great mountain. Right? The, that's what we were just talking about here. The, uh, the mountain right here, the mountain of your inheritance, that's New Jerusalem, became a great mountain and filled the whole earth. This is the dream, and we will tell the interpretation thereof before the king. You, O king, are a king of kings. Right? So at the time, Nebuchadnezzar was a king of kings. He had tributaries, like he had all the, the uh, kingdoms of the world in submission to him. So while each country had its own king, Nebuchadnezzar was the king of those kings. Now, Yahusha is our king of kings, right? Because it's the scripture says, who will be found worthy, right? They'll be made, be made kings and priests. And he'll be kings over the kings and over the whole nations as well. So he's talking to Nebuchadnezzar. You, O king, are a king of kings. For the Elohim of heaven hath given thee a kingdom, power, and strength, and glory. And whosoever the children of men dwell... The beasts of the field and the fowls of heaven has he given into your hand and has made you ruler over them all. You are this head of gold. And after you shall arise another kingdom inferior to you and another, a third kingdom of brass, which shall bear rule over all the earth. 
And the fourth kingdom shall be as strong as iron, for as much as iron breaketh in pieces and subdueth all things, and as iron that breaketh all these shall it break in pieces and bruise. And whereas you saw the feet and toes part of potter's clay and part of iron, the kingdom shall be divided, but there shall be in it of the strength of iron, for as much as thou sawest the iron mixed with miry clay. And as the toes of the feet were part of iron and part of clay, so the kingdom shall be partly strong and partly broken. And whereas you saw iron mixed with miry clay, they shall mingle, mingle themselves with the seed of men, but they shall not cleave one to another, even as iron is not mixed with clay. And in the days of these kings shall the Elohim of heaven set up a kingdom which shall never be destroyed. Right? And the kingdom shall not be left to other people, but it shall break in pieces and consume all these kingdoms, and it shall stand forever. For as much as you saw that that stone was cut out of the mountain without hands, and that it break in pieces the iron, the brass, the clay, the silver, and the gold, the great Elohim hath made known to the king what shall come to pass hereafter, and the dream is certain, and the interpretation thereof sure. So let's solidify, right? Let's solidify what this stone that was cut out of the mountain without hands. And to that, we're going to turn to um, Second Baruch. We're going to read 4 through 6 real quick. So again, we've, we've read this a couple times during this series, but just in case you're new, um, Second Baruch. Uh, Baruch was the scribe to Jeremiah, but he was also a prophet in his own right. Uh, first Baruch, this is second Baruch. First Baruch was included in the 1611, uh, the Apocrypha section. Uh, this is the second book of Baruch. And Yahweh said unto me, and th- by the way, this is, uh, Baruch is, is r- here right before Nebuchadnezzar's army comes in and destroys Jerusalem. Um, Yahuwah tells Baruch and Baruch is like, basically like, like lamenting. He's crying. He's, you know, praying. He's like, what's going on? I don't understand. So, and Yahuwah said unto me, this city, right? This is old Jerusalem. This city shall be delivered up for a time and the people shall be chastened during a time and the world will be not given over to oblivion. And he's asking here, do you think that this city is that city of which I said on the palms of my hands have I graven you? This, right? So, and what he's referencing real quick is... Isaiah 49, 14 through 16. But Zion said, New Jerusalem said, Yahuwah hath forsaken me, and my my Adonai hath forgotten me. Can a woman forget her sucking child, that she should have compassion on the son of her womb? Yea, they may forget, yet I will not forget you. Behold, I have graven you upon the palms of my hands. Thy walls are continuing before me. He's speaking to New Jerusalem here. So, uh, he's saying this building, right? He's, He's talking about Physical Jerusalem, ancient Jerusalem back then, right before it got destroyed. He's like, this building now built in your your midst is not that which is revealed with me, right? So the revelation, the whole book of Revelation is the revelation of Yahusha, Hamashiach, the revelation of Messiah, right? So New Jerusalem is going to be revealed with him. That which was prepared beforehand here from the time when I took counsel to make paradise and showed it to Adam before he sinned. But when he transgressed the commandment, it was removed from him as also paradise. So we, I'm not going to keep going, but uh, again, so th- the city on uh, that was made without hands, right, uh, on the palms of the hands of Elohim was New Jerusalem made. So this is that mountain that 
without hands, right? Cut out of the mountain without hands. This is graven without human hands. This is the building of New Jerusalem. So pretty interesting stuff here. Um, pretty interesting, uh, pretty long uh, rabbit trail for just <laughs> reigning forever and ever because we already know who is going to reign forever and ever. But just, uh, I don't know. I just want this. I just like, I don't know. I guess I like going into rabbit trails. <laughs> Um, and then one more, uh, one more section here. Um, Daniel seven, one through 14 in the first year of Belshazzar, king of Babylon, Daniel had a dream and visions of his head upon his bed. Then he wrote the dream and told the sum of the matters. Daniel spake and said, I saw in my vision by night and behold, the four winds of the heaven strove upon the great sea and four great beasts came up from the sea, diverse one from another. The first was like a lion and had eagle's wings. I beheld till the wings thereof were plucked, and it was lifted up from the earth and made stand upon the feet as a man, and a man's heart was given to it. And behold, another beast, a second, like to a bear, and it raised up itself on one side, and it had three ribs in the mouth of it between the teeth of it. And they said thus unto it, Arise, devour much flesh. And after this I beheld, and lo, another, like a leopard, which had upon the back of it four wings of a fowl, and the beast had also four heads, and dominion was given to it. After this I saw in the night visions, and behold, a fourth beast, dreadful and terrible, and exceeding and strong exceedingly, and it had great iron teeth. It devoured and brake in pieces, and stamped the residue with the feet of it, and it was diverse from all the beasts that were before it, and it had ten horns. I considered the horns, and behold... There came up among them another little horn, before whom there were three of the first horns plucked up by the roots. We're going to talk quite a bit about this when we get into Revelation chapter 13 with the beast. And behold, in this horn were eyes like the eyes of a man, and a mouth speaking great things. I beheld till the thrones were cast down, and the Ancient of Days did sit, whose garment was white as snow, and the hair of his head was like the pure wool. And his throne was like the fiery flame, and his wheels as burning fire. A fiery stream issued and came forth from before him. Thousand, thousands ministered unto him, and ten thousand times ten thousand stood before him. The judgment was set, and the books were opened. I beheld then, because of the voice of the great words which the horn spake, I beheld even till the beast was slain, and his body destroyed, and given to the burning flame. As concerning the rest of the beasts, they had their dominion taken away, yet their lives were prolonged for a season and a time. I saw the night visions, and behold, one like the Son of Man came with the clouds of heaven, and came to the Ancient of Days, and they brought him near before him. And there was given him dominion, and glory, and a kingdom, that all peoples, nations, and languages should serve him. His dominion is an everlasting dominion, which shall not pass away, and his kingdom, which shall not be destroyed. Right? So again, forever and ever. And, uh, wow, do I want to be a part of that. Uh, this is uh, Luke 1, and uh, just to save a little bit of time, we know that uh, this is the angel Gabriel, right? Um, and uh, coming to speak to Joseph. And uh, what does he say to her? Or to, yeah, Let's see. Actually, I'm sorry, um, talking to Mary, excuse me. And the angel came unto her and said, Hail, thou that art highly favored, Yahuwah was with you, blessed are you among women. 
And then what does he say? He shall be great, and he shall be called the son of the highest, and Yahweh Elohim shall give unto him the throne of his father David, and he shall reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there shall be no end. Amen. 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 Okay, so Revelation 16 through 17, And the four and twenty elders which sat before Yahuwah on their seats fell upon their faces and worshipped Yah, saying, We give you thanks, O Yahuwah Elohim Sevaot, which are and was and are to come, because you have taken to you your great power and have reigned. And so I really believe that we're seeing the uh, the throne room scene again. Um so again, let's see. We can kind of just skim this. Let's see. Yeah, here we go. Uh, Revelation four, chapter uh, verse ten. The four and twenty elders fell down before him that sat on the throne, and worship him that liveth forever and ever, and cast their crowns before the throne, saying, "You are worthy, O O Elohi, O O Adonai." to receive glory and honor and power for you have created all things and for thy pleasure they are and were created and um right so again just uh, i believe that we're kind of seeing this throne room scene again and you have made us unto our elohim kings and priests and we shall reign on the earth and so that's you know we talked about this in uh when we were going through revelation 4 and 5 you know, this is kind of overlooked, I think, but, you know, in Revelation chapter 4, we see that uh, a door was opened in heaven, which I believe this is New Jerusalem specifically, and the first voice which I heard was as it were a trumpet talking with me, which said, come up here, and I will show you things which must be hereafter. So is this come up here? Is that the same as... Uh, Revelation eleven twelve, and they heard a great voice from heaven saying unto them, "Come up here." It's possible; it's very possible, right? But uh, in in here, right, it says, uh, "Where is it?" Yeah. So, who becomes kings and priests on the earth, and who reigns on the earth? Angels, the twenty four elders, right? No. His kodeshim, his righteous, his worthy, they become kings and priests. Why did I do that again? Whoops. Excuse me. So in uh, eleven seventeen says saying we give you thanks O Elohim Sevaoth Yahuwah Elohim Sevaot which are and was and are to come because you have taken to you your great power and have reigned. So this uh, more properly it shows here in the interlinear it says um, great and have begun to reign. So if you're looking at the this Greek word right. Uh, more properly translated is have begun to reign because it kind of makes it sound like the reign is over at this point and you have reigned but uh, it, this is at the beginning of his reign here uh, Revelation eleven eighteen, and the nations were angry and your wrath is come and the time of the dead that they should be judged 
and that you should give reward unto your servants, the prophets, and to the Kodeshim, and them that fear your name, small and great, and should destroy them which destroy the earth. Let's take a look at this. Psalm 115, 2-3. So we're going to talk a little bit about the nations being angry. Um, right? Psalm 115, 2-3. Wherefore should the heathen say, Where is now their Elohim? And if you've been with us um, at least the last hour or so, we read a little bit about this. Where is Where now is their Elohim? And I think this is an indicator of the nations being gathered against uh, his people. And, uh, you know, kind of like taunting, you know, where is their, where is their God? But our Elohim is in the heavens. He has done whatsoever he hath pleased. And I think that really ties in what, where, you know, um, wherefore should the heathen say, where now is their Elohim? But our Elohim is in the heavens. I really think this is pointing to Psalm 2, which explained this explains this a little better. And actually, I want to read all of 2. We got a little more time than I thought. Why do the heathen rage? Right? So the nations are angry. Why do the heathen rage? The people imagine a vain thing. The kings of the earth set themselves, and the rulers take counsel together against Yahuwah and against his anointed, his Messiah, right? Saying, Let us break their bands asunder and cast away their cords from us. He that sits in the heavens shall laugh. Yahuwah shall have them in derision. Then shall he speak unto them in his wrath and vex them in his sore displeasure. Yet I have set my king upon my holy hill of Zion, New Jerusalem. I will declare the decree. Yahuwah hath said unto me, You are my son, this day have I begotten you. Ask of me, and I shall give you the heathen for your inheritance, and the uttermost parts of the earth for your possession. You shall break them with a rod of iron. You shall dash them in pieces like a potter's vessel. So, um, if you haven't seen this before, this is actually a promise to, um, um, let's see, 25 through 27, I think it is. Gosh, I don't like this. Okay. Revelation 2. 25 through 27, but that which ye have already hold fast till I come, and he that overcomes and keeps my works unto the end, to him will I give power over the nations. You know, why keep the work into the end? It works unto the end. I'll show you. Um, it's in Ezekiel 18. NIV. Let's see. Here we go. This is why I'm showing you keeping his works unto the end. Let me explain why what this is kind of meaning a little bit here. Uh, let me, I'm sorry. Let me. I'm jumping around a lot. Let me finish this. And keep my works to the ends. To him will I give power over the nations and he shall rule them with a rod of iron as the vessels of a potter shall they be broken to shivers even as I received of my father. And that's right here again. You shall break them with a rod of iron. You shall dash them in pieces like a potter's vessel. You shall root them with a rod of iron, as the vessels of a potter shall they be broken to shivers, even as I received my father. So here, this is um, Yahusha, um, you know, the promise that he will 
break uh, break the nations with a rod of iron. He's going to dash them in pieces. It's actually what we just saw in um, Daniel 2, that image or how it was shattered to pieces, and it said that the pieces were like the, the, the threshing floor of the summer. Um, that's the, the nations being dashed into pieces. Uh, but again, that promise is given to um, his people that overcome and keep his works into the end. And again, to him will I give power over the nations. So why do we need to keep his works into the end? Uh, right here. This is Ezekiel 18, uh, 24. But when the righteous turns away from his righteousness and commits iniquity and does according to all the abominations that the wicked man does, shall he live? All his righteousness that he hath done shall not be mentioned in his trespass that he has trespassed and in his sin that he has sinned and them shall he die. So listen, um, now this isn't like you one little slip up and you're done. I'm ta- I really believe that this is talking about you're just turning back away from the way, right? If you're like walking in, you know, in belief in, in Yahuwah the Most High and in his, his anointed, uh, his Messiah, uh, his son, Yahusha, and you're walking in the Torah, and then one day you're like, you know what? I think the Torah is wrong. And I'm just going to walk away from the Torah. I think that's what this is talking about because, um, it, was it First John 2 says, My little children, these things I write unto you that you sin not. Right? It's like a command. Don't sin. And if any man sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Yahusha HaMashiach, the righteous. And he has a propitiation for our sins, and not for ours only, but also for the sins of the whole world. And I'll just keep reading till verse 6. And hereby we do know that we know him if we keep his commandments. He that saith, I know him, and keeps not his commandments, is a liar, and the truth, the Torah, is not in him. But whosoever keepeth his word in him verily is the love of Elohim perfected. Right? So, keeping his word, this is what we just said here, right? Keeping his works, keeping his word until the end, whoso keeps his word, right, which is his commandments, his Torah, the truth. Hereby we know that we are in him. He that says he abides in him on himself also so to walk even as he walked. And how did Yahushua walk? Obedience. So let's stay on the path. Let's not slip up, right? Be wise, Back to Psalm 2, verse 10. Be wise now, therefore, ye kings. Be instructed, ye judges of the earth. Serve Yahuwah with fear and rejoice with trembling. Kiss the son, lest he be angry and ye perish from the way when his wrath is kindled but a little. Blessed are all they that put their trust in him. So, oh, I did put Joel here. Okay, I was going to say, well, we read this earlier, so no need to read it again. But uh, instead of, tell you what, instead of Joel 2, what we'll read is Isaiah 13. The burden of Babylon, which Isaiah, the son of Amos, did see. Lift ye up a banner upon the high mountain. We've already talked about what this high mountain is, New Jerusalem. Exalt the voice unto them. Shake the hand that they may go into the gates of the nobles. Who can go into the gates of the nobles? In that day shall this be song, this song be sung in the land of Judah. We have a strong city. Salvation will Elohim appoint for walls and bulwarks. Open ye the gates, right? What's the gates to? Open the gates of New Jerusalem. Open ye the gates that the righteous nation which keepeth the truth may enter in. What's the truth? Psalm 140, 119, 142, Thy righteousness is an everlasting righteousness, and thy Torah is the truth. 
the truth. Lift up you the banner upon the high mountain, exalt the voice unto them, shake the hand that they may go into the gates of the nobles. I have commanded my sanctified ones. I have also called my mighty ones for mine anger, even them that rejoice in my highness, the noise of a multitude in the mountains, like as of a great people, a tumultuous noise of the kingdoms of nations gathered together. Yahuwah, Sevaot, mustereth the host of the battle. They come from a far country, from the end of heaven, even Yahuwah and the weapons of his indignation to destroy the whole land. What land do you think he's talking about? How ye, how ye, for the day of Yahuwah is at hand. It shall come as a destruction from the Almighty. Therefore shall all hands be faint and every man's heart shall melt. They shall be afraid. Pangs and sorrows shall take hold of them. They shall be in pain as a woman that travaileth. They shall be amazed one at another. Their faces shall be as flames. Behold, the day of Yahuwah comes, cruel both with wrath and fierce anger, to lay the land desolate. And he shall destroy the sinners thereof out of it. Who's living in that land right now? Who's living in that land right now? People that follow this rabbinic Judaism. I know. I came out of it. Uh, rabbinic Judaism, also called rabbinism, has been the mainstream form of Judaism since the 6th century after the codification of the Babylonian Talmud, wickedness, right? A book of wickedness growing out of pharisaic judaism that is who's living in there right and he shall destroy right to lay the land desolate and he shall destroy the sinners out of it for the stars of heaven and the constellations thereof shall not give their light the sun shall be darkened in his going forth and the moon shall not cause her light to shine and I will punish the world for their evil and the wicked for their iniquity. And I will cause the arrogancy of the proud to cease and will lay low the haughtiness of the terrible I will make a man more precious than fine gold, even a man than the gold wedge of Ophir. Therefore, I will shake the heavens, and the earth shall remove out of her place in the wrath of Yahweh Sevaot in the day of his fierce anger. This is why, praise Yah, we're on the right side of these things. Hallelujah. And quite frankly, brothers and sisters, we should be thinking about this verse almost every day. Oops. Gosh, I really don't like the way this looks. Luke twenty one thirty six. Watch ye therefore and pray always that you may be accounted worthy to escape all these things that shall come to pass and to stand before the Son of Man. Okay, last verse. And we'll finish with chapter 11. Next week we'll be doing Revelation chapter 12, which... Uh, for those of you that have been following me for a couple of years, or following, not following, don't follow me, that have been listening to this channel for, you know, a couple of years or whatnot, you may know that Revelation 12 was a big part of this, the start of this ministry, and we'll uh, we'll save that for next week, but uh, I'm really excited. I'm really excited to revisit Revelation 12. Uh, we've learned a lot. We've learned a lot over the last uh, three or four years, and uh, praise Yah. 
that uh, he's the one that reveals this wisdom. Um, this isn't of ourselves, but uh, praise be to Yah that he's been uh, opening up our eyes and ears to to hear his truth and to not only be hearers of his word, but doers. Now, hopefully, uh, we're all working towards being better hearers and better doers uh, of his word. So, last but definitely not least, Revelation eleven nineteen, and the temple of Yahuwah was opened in heaven, and there was seen in his temple the ark of his covenant, and there were lightnings and voices and thunderings and an earthquake and great hail. Now, I, you know, <clears throat> I, uh, I had a dream the other night. I shared this with Justin, and I shared it with, uh, I think, Brother Noel Hadley. Um, I'm not big on sharing dreams, but I figure I'll share it with you all. I don't really know what it means. Um, nobody seemed to know what it meant. Um, for those of you that are good dream discerners, maybe you can tell me what it means. But you know, before I tell you, before I tell you this dream, you know, previously, you know, I really loved this country, um, and, and and in a way, I'm still very thankful. Uh, because we do have some protections in this country that we don't get in other countries. But, you know, my patriotism isn't what it used to be. Um, you know, I was in the military. I served. Um, I had a lot of pride in this country. But the more and more we learn, the more I realize this isn't my country. You know, my country is being a citizen in New Jerusalem, being a... an being a Hebrew, being an Israelite, um, you know, we're still in captivity. We're still in dispersion. And, you know, this country isn't really what I thought it used to be. Um, again, thankful in certain areas, but also realizing that this country is horrifically awful behind the scenes with, when you consider, you know, what Hollywood puts out and, um, you know, it just, I, I don't even want to go over everything. We, we, we know what this country is up to. Um, so I just want to say that before I, I share my dream with you. Because um, I don't really know what it means. But when I just read this, the Ark of His Covenant, I just remember this word Ark. And it's actually a separate thing. But um, there were thousands of people. I mean, maybe even 10,000 or even 100,000 but we lifted up what seemed to me as Noah's Ark, right? We lifted it up and we set it on top of the American flag. Now, not in like a, not like the flag had any like good resemblance, almost like, almost like putting it on top, like covering it, like, I don't know. Um, Justin seemed to think that, uh, you know, possibly you know, New Jerusalem can set down on America. Um, you know, this whole time, for the longest time, I thought that New Jerusalem would set back, sit back down on uh, the Genesis 15 promise land, uh, which um, if you guys probably remember Genesis, um, this is what was promised to Abraham. Um, essentially, this land, this area right here, which is very close to a the dimensions of what New Jerusalem would be. But I am open, you know, uh, here, like, let's see. You know, I mean, it could could be something like this. I, 
Who am I? What do I know? I don't know anything, right? So anyways, so the dream was very short. Just ten thousands of us, hundred thousands of us, I don't know. But we're lifting up like what looked like Noah's Ark and setting it on top of uh, the American flag. Again, not like the American flag was being exalted or anything, but kind of like almost like it was covering it or burying it um, kind of thing. So anyways, just wanted to share that with you all. Uh, I don't dream a whole lot, um, but, you know, maybe someone out there has an interesting interpretation. So, uh, And the temple of Yahuwah was opened in heaven, and there was seen in his temple the Ark of his Covenant, and there were lightnings and voices and thunderings and an earthquake and great hail so as you probably remember we read this part right here many times so um you know could be all connected not too sure but uh let's look at uh the other time that we see the uh, temple of yahuwah being opened in heaven Revelation 15, 1-5, And I saw another sign in heaven, great and marvelous, seven angels having the seven last plagues, for in them is filled up the wrath of Elohim. And I saw, as it were, a sea of glass mingled with fire. And them that had gotten the victory over the beast, and over his image, and over his mark, and over the number of his name, stand on the sea of glass, having the harps of Elohim. And they sing the song of Moshe, the servant of Elohim, which we're actually going to sing here in a few minutes. So I hope you stay and sing it with us. And they sing the song of Moshe, the servant of Elohim, and the song of the Lamb, saying, Great and marvelous are thy works, Yahweh Eloheinu, Almighty. Just and true are thy ways, thou King of saints. Who shall not fear thee, O Yahweh, and glorify your name? For you only are holy, for all the nations shall come and worship before you, for thy judgments are made manifest. And after that I looked, and behold, the temple of the tabernacle of the testimony in heaven was opened. So, well, it's uh, a lot. We covered a lot tonight. And um, I pray it was a blessing for you. But more importantly, I pray it was uh, pleasing in the sight of Yahuwah. um, Because... Quite frankly, we're here to please Yahuwah, not please each other's. Um, But I do pray that it was beneficial to you in some way. Maybe you learned some new nugget. Maybe you learned nothing. Um, Maybe a lot of the stuff you already knew and maybe is confirming. Maybe I've given you a couple things to challenge about what you already believe about the book of Revelation. Uh, Nevertheless, let's remember the most important part of all this is the keeping of the faith, the utmost faith in Messiah Yahusha, uh, keeping his commandments, right? And uh, walking this walk, walking this walk. So anyways, um, what I'm going to do, because we have a little extra time, because uh, if you guys are late nighters, we um, I'm going to do the tour portion at 1030 Central. So we've got about a half an hour till I do that. So what we're going to do is we're going to pray. We're going to do the uh, the uh, um, priestly blessing, um, and we're going to do the Song of Moshe. And then afterwards, I'm going to come back on, and we're I'm going to hang out with the chat for maybe 10, 15 minutes. And um, what I'm going to end up doing is I'm going to end up uh, cutting, the, uh, cutting that after, or editing it out after the video is uploaded. But uh, this will be just some, some cool time for us to hang out for maybe 15 minutes or so um i am curious if any of you have any interpretations of that dream um 
it might be a little too much to put here in a little comment here on on um, um, the live chat, but please put it in the the uh, comments. I'm I'm really interested to hear what um, what it could be, and maybe it's nothing. Maybe it's just you know I have other dreams that are just weird and like okay, whatever you know, but um um yeah. So okay, so we're gonna pray. We're gonna do the priestly blessing. We're going to do the Song of Moshe, and then I'm going to come back. So don't leave if you want to hang out in the chat with me for a little bit. I'm going to come back and maybe just do just hang out with you and uh, maybe answer a few questions. I don't know. I'm going to end up erasing it after this is uploaded, but, you know, we get to hang out. So um, let's bow our hearts unto Yahuwah. Heavenly Father, Yahuwah Most High, we just come before you in Yahusha's name. We thank you so much for the ability to study together like this, um, all of the brothers and sisters, and we just pray that tonight was pleasing before you, and we pray that you continue to open our eyes and ears and to bestow wisdom upon us, because we know that true wisdom comes from you and not from within us, and we just pray that you continue to bless us with wisdom, that we may grow and that we may bring forth the fruit that you desire, Abba, obedience to your ways. Teach us your ways. Open our eyes to behold the wondrous things out of your Torah. We love you, we bless you, and as the scripture says to do, we are waiting for you, and we pray that we are found worthy to escape all these things that are coming to pass and to stand before the Son of Man. We bless you in Yahusha's mighty name. Amen. Alright, <clears throat> brothers and sisters, we're going to do it in Hebrew first, and then we're going to do it in English. Yevarechecha Yahuwah vereshmerecha, Ya'er Yahuwah panav elecha vechnuneka. Yisa Yahwa panav elecha ve'ashem lecha shalom. Yahwa bless you and keep you. Yahwa make his face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. Yahwa lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Numbers six twenty four through twenty six. So, brothers and sisters, again, hang out for a bit. Uh, if you want, we're gonna do the song of Moshe. When that's done, I'm gonna come back on for about eh, maybe ten fifteen minutes. Uh, we'll hang out for a little bit, then we'll end it, and then we're going to head over to the Torah portion. Um, interesting one, right? Korah's Rebellion. The earth opening up and swallowing up people alive. Come on. They can't even write books this good. All right, brothers and sisters. Saga Moshe. Uh, Shabbat Shalom to you all. And um, if you're watching this as a video, come join us on a live stream. Every Friday night, 8 p.m. Central Standard Time. Saga Moshe, here we go. I sing to Yahuwah, for he is highly exalted. The horse and its rider he has thrown into the sea. Yah is my strength and song, and he has become my deliverance. He is my ale and I praise him, Elohim of my Father. And I exalt him. Yahuwah is a man of battle. Yahuwah is his name. He has cast Pharaoh's chariots 
and his army into the sea. And his chosen officers are drowned in the sea of reeds. The depths covered them. They went down to the bottom like a stone. Your right hand, O Yahuwah, has become great in power. Your right hand, O Yahuwah, has crushed the enemy. And in the greatness of your excellence, you pulled down those who rose up against you. You sent forth your wrath. It consumed them like stubble. And with the wind of your nostrils, the waters were heaped up. The floods stood like a wall. The depths became stiff in the heart of the sea. The enemy said, I pursue, I overtake, I divide the spoil. My being is satisfied on them. I draw out my sword, my hand destroys them. You blew with your wind, the sea covered them. They sank like lead in the mighty waters. Who is like you? Oh, Yahuwah, among the mighty ones. Who is like you, great in Kodesha? Awesome in praises, working wonders. You stretched out your right hand, the earth swallowed them. In your kindness, you led the people whom you have redeemed. In your strength, you guided them to your Kodesh dwelling. Peoples heard, they trembled, anguish Inhabitants of Pelasheth Then the chiefs of Edom were troubled The mighty men of Moab Trembling grips them All the inhabitants of Canaan Melted Fear and dread fell on them By the greatness of your arm They are as silent as a stone until your people pass over, O oh, Yahuwah. Until the people whom you have bought pass over. You bring them in and plant them in the mountain of your inheritance. In the place, O oh, Yahuwah. Which you have made for your own dwelling The meek dash, O Yahuwah Which your hands have prepared Yahuwah reigns forever And ever